Okay. I'm on. So anybody out there, now would be a real good, good time for a question or hopefully a positive comment. <clears throat> I opened it up a little early. We like to kind of chit chat and then right at 630, we'll officially start the Bible study. And I see we have our friend on from Australia, Jim Hunnan from Australia. I see we're on YouTube, Facebook. Yeah, it says we're on all of them. Yeah. Shara Kirkby. Duo Kitty. Oh, not sure. Yeah, well, my wife tells me to wear these. So, you know, kind of a little bit more casual. <clears throat> okay, see so you on Facebook. Facebook is working. Happy birthday. Yes. Well, my dad died at 49, so I'm happy to reach 70. My mom died, I think it was like 76 or seven, somewhere in there. And, uh, but I think I'll live a lot longer. We're going to start reading in Romans, by the way. Romans chapter 1. Do you guys like the teaching on uh, American Bible prophecy? I believe it was Jeremiah fifty fifty one. We might have covered Revelation 18 too. I didn't write down what we covered. Yeah, I think the I think us going to Israel for oil in Israel is not far off. Um, had a dream I have not released, and I think that it's telling me that it's not far off. I wish it were now. Um, 
I, I cannot tell you how many times I've laid down in bed at night and I've, I've fallen asleep thinking, okay, so when it's time to go to Israel, what's the first thing I do? Okay, I got to call my attorney. I got to get reconnected with him. I got to got get reconnected with the other guy that says he can get me all the equipment and all the people, everything like that. Leslie and I and a few other people have to go over to Israel. There's about five locations I want to pray at. Um, Jason Meeks just gave me a really, really, really big hint. Uh, he, he said, by the way, the Lord told me to tell you something. And let's see, how many words was it? Um, three words. He didn't understand them, but I knew exactly what it meant. And it told me a place to drill. And uh, Leslie, of course, didn't understand what it meant either, but it told me a place to drill. So I'm very excited to get over in Israel. When I get there, I don't know how it's going to go. I doubt that I will have time to sit down and make the kind of programs that I make right now, where I do a lot of research and then put together the program. But I do expect to be there where I can pick up my little handy-dandy cell phone with all my grandchildren on it and uh, <clears throat> at least post and let you folks know what I'm doing. But I've got to be careful because in some of the places, until we get our, the, the word I think is license, until we get our permission to drill, I don't want to reveal where I'm actually going to. I've got about five locations I want to go and pray over. And I think that when we hit oil, it's not going to be normal. It's going to be high-pressure oil. And uh, I would love to be able to tell you guys some of the plans that I have. Uh, about, I brought about two of my very, very close friends in, set them down um, at my computer, and I showed them some things, and they were wow. And they said, you know, God's really showed you something. I said, yes, he really has showed me something. And this is really serious. And I think it's really going to happen. And I think it's really, really close. And uh, okay, since you tuned in early, I'll show you something. We're going to come back to Romans 1. All right, let's see. Uh, 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 Ezekiel 38. I'll just go to Ezekiel 38. Okay, so this is a prophecy that says the Russians and all of her buddies. Oh, here, I got to gotta share here. Hang on, hang on. Okay. This is a prophecy that says that the time is going to come when Russia and all of her buddies are going to come down and attack Israel. And the Lord came into me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog. By the way, can you see my, my pointer there? Somebody let me know if you can see that. Anyway, God, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I'm against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, 
and I will turn thee back and I'll put hooks into thy jaws. I think without revealing too much that that is saying that massive amounts of oil would be found in Israel and that is going to cause the Russians and all of their buddies to come down to attack Israel, which is God's plan because he's going to spill their blood just outside the city at the same wine press fats where his blood was spilled. And he's going to get himself vengeance on all of his enemies that hate him. And that's what that's talking about. And then I, one of the things I also want to do, I'll scroll on down here. Oops, here, hang on, hang on. I got to scroll over here this way. Okay, so Ezekiel 38, 11, it says, Thou shalt say, this is when they attack, I'll go up the land of unwalled villages. Where is that? I believe that that's going to be in the southwest area, southwest, excuse me, southeast of the Dead Sea. A land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely. All of them are dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates. I don't know if you guys can see it or not. Gates. No, can't see it. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. What if you can see it here? Hmm. Well, anyway. Uh, to the rest, dwell safely. All of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates. And that, I believe, is going to be where I'm going to bring a lot of Christians and Jews. Well, this will be the area for the Christians where God is going to supernaturally protect them. Anyway, they come down to take a spoil, to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited. Southeast end of the Dead Sea is just desert. Now it is. But when we get there, we're going to pray over it. We're going to remit the sins of the area, release the sins. We're going to ask God to start causing it to, to water and to be fruitful. As you remember in the days of Lot, the reason Lot went south and Abraham went north is because it was well watered down around Sodom and Gomorrah. That's down in the south area. So we're going to ask for the water and the blessings to come forth. Anyway, that's the place that now inhabited. The people that are gathered out of the nations, that's us, which have now gotten cattle and goods. One of the things I want to do is ask Israel to allow them to bring their cattle and their goods, all their animals, dwell in the midst of the land. And I don't know. You know, we'll see how it all works out. But I'm very, very excited to get over there and to see this happen. All right here, hang on. Okay, I'll stop sharing for a second. See if there's any notes here. West Coast, California. God bless you. Yes, okay, all right. Yes, I see it. Okay, good. Okay, good. I saw it pointed very small. Okay. Virginia. Amen. Turn green. It looks like most of it is YouTube. Um, I'm not seeing, but one, two, three. No, that. Okay, let me see this. I don't understand the colors here. I think 
when it's purple. No. Okay, it's only when it has the, the 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 Facebook logo. That's Facebook. Okay, there Henry jumped into the Facebook here. Okay, so it looks like we got two from Facebook, three from Facebook or so. Oh, it tells me over here. Okay, fifty-seven. That looks like that's from YouTube, and then nine from Facebook, and. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Prophecy Club. Do we have any from Prophecy Club? No. Should we mark the donation if we want to donate to your Israel mining project? No, just at this point, just a regular donation would be helpful for Prophecy Club because... It's going to take about, here's the, here's the, I got three minutes left. Here's the skinny on the money. Before Israel will even let somebody file the paperwork to begin exploring, uh, I'm told that they want to see that you have $10 million. $10 million. You have $10 million, they won't even take your paperwork. The next thing is the rig that I want to take is, 22 stories tall, takes 180 18-wheel trucks to move it, four city blocks at the base, 22 stories tall, and it's capable of drilling to, like, in the ballpark of 40,000 foot. In other words, it's a monster. Why? Because, hang on, oh no, it's here. Deuteronomy 33.13 says, Blessed be the land and the deep that coucheth beneath. Genesis 49.25 says, Blessings of the deep that lieth under. And Isaiah 45.3 says, Treasures of darkness and hid reaches of secret places. So when I go, I want to be prepared to drill really deep. Um. Southwest end of the Dead Sea, as I recall, is 1,300 feet below sea level. So we already get a 1,300-foot head start. But I plan to drill. If it's like 50 barrels a day, there's nothing. I'll just say case it and go on. That's not our oil. The kind of oil we're looking for is going to be high-pressure oil. High-pressure oil. You know, like, uh, remember Deepwater Horizon out in the Gulf? 20,000 PSI. Now, keep in mind what that is. The pressure in your tire is probably 32 pounds per square inch. So 20,000 PSI will cut right through steel. You have to use hardened steel to even get it out. Um, but that's what I believe we're going to hit. I don't know that it's going to be 20,000 PSI, but I believe it will be high-pressure source oil. The source for most of the oil in the Middle East is going to come from there. and it probably will take us at least six to nine months. It might take us longer than that to drill to the depth. Now, going back to the money, I don't want to get just one rig. I I know I want to get probably at least six, but probably 10. Probably want to order 10 rigs, and I've got four different places I want to put them in. 
and it takes about six months. If, if we can't find already built rigs, and we will look, but if we have to have them built, it takes about six months to build a rig, two months to move it to Israel, a month to erect it, and another six to nine months, maybe, maybe longer, to drill to the depth that I want to drill to. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> one of the questions <clears throat> down there says, you're talking about honey. We'll see in, in Exodus 3, 8, when Jesus, excuse me, when Moses stand in front of the burning bush, God said, get you up. I'm sending you in a land that flows with milk and honey. Here we go. Get this out of the way. This, if you can see it, I'm going to put a light at the bottom so you can see it better. This is honey. You can see that, that's honey. I don't know, maybe you can see it better like this. You know, the little honey bear, okay? There we go. You can see it now. There we go. Over like that. Okay. This is yellow-colored crude oil. And you can see that's not thick. High viscosity. You can pour that into your tank and burn it right out of the ground. You better filter it first, and it'll make it ping a lot. But it is, in other words, it is burnt. This is the highest quality crude oil in the world. This particular oil came from Sprayberry, Texas. But yellow-colored crude oil, because the darker, the lighter, I'm two minutes into the Bible study, the darker, the heavier the, 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 the oil, the more processing it takes to get the energy out of it, and the less energy it has. The lighter the oil, the more energy it has per barrel. Okay, we're 10 minutes late, so let's get started. First of all, Lord, we say great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. Wisdom and might are yours. You change at the times and seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You revealeth the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with you. And Lord, we gather tonight in your name because you said, wherever two or more gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. Lord, we ask you to be in the Bible study with us tonight, and I thank you for joining us. And I also ask you to open our eyes and our ears and our heart and our spirit that we can see, hear, know, and understand your word because no one can understand it without the Holy Spirit showing them. So we ask you to show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand what you wrote then, what it means for us now and also into the future and in our lives. Help us to understand the book of Romans and how it ties together with other places in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to start in the book of Romans. Right there. All right. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, 
and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among the nations for his name, among whom are ye also the call of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be the saints, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why is he writing to the Romans? Because at this time, the gospel is not just being sent to the Jews. They've rejected it. So he's going to another nation. So this is the gospel that's really written for us Gentiles, for us to understand. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the, wor the whole world, and that is true of America, at least in the past. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you in my prayers. Making request. If by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. See, as Christians, we're supposed to be doing what Paul did. We're supposed to be taking the gospel around the world now. Either we can walk it there, or in this case, drive it there, or fly it there, or we can send money onto those that are going there. But it's saying, like Paul, by example, that we are supposed to be taking the gospel to the world. Now, America used to take the gospel around the world. When I was a teenager, I remember that we had several people in our church, and that wasn't a big church, yeah, 100, maybe 100 people, maybe 125. But we had several of the, the teenagers that were in preparation to go into the mission field, to go out and to, to share the gospel in other countries. And that was, in those days, pretty much what was expected. The younger people were expected to be trained up to learn the Bible and to take the gospel out to the world. And for many years, America was the nation that took the gospel to the world. But then, of course, we began slowly turning to where we're the nation that sends out the Playboy magazines and the other filthy porn in the movies and the corrupt lie through our media. And, you know, we've, we've turned from being the nation that spreads the light to the nation that spreads the darkness. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you. By, by the way, one more thing. In three weeks, we're going to Honduras. And I was just told this past week we're $10,000 short. And you may be saying, well, why do you need money to go to Honduras? Well, there's airplane. You know that. Then you get all, over there, and when you speak, you got to pay for the transportation. And I think it was like $1,000 we give the guy to drive us around over there. And we got to have two different vehicles to get us all in it. You got to pay to be driven around. And then when you get there, the pastor doesn't take an offering for you like here in America. Instead, you're expected to give the pastor an offering. And then you give the church an offering. And we've got 1,200 Bibles that we are going to be giving away. And... Some of the offerings we have to give are pretty big. 
and that's the reason we're ten thousand dollars short. Uh, and and Lou Young, one of the people that is going kind of helping organize this, he's he's not bashful, he's not shy a bit. Uh, standing in front of our congregation on Sunday mornings, he's saying, "Guys, you know, this is not enough. It's not enough. Um, we're ten thousand dollars short. We leave in three weeks, and we have to have that ten thousand dollars." So if you're one out there whom God has blessed, and if you can help us with all or part of that $10,000, now would be a really good time. And uh, all you do is go, go to Prophecy Club, click on any one of the donate things there. And if you want to make mention it's for Honduras, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. It's probably still going to go there because at this point, every, every round penny we can find is going towards that $10,000 we need to go to Honduras. Oh, okay, anyway, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. Now, what does he mean? See, Paul, well, I guess kind of like I just said in Honduras, he went there to give gifts. Now, he didn't give money gifts. What he gave was spiritual gifts. He, he says, I long to see you. So, And what he was going to do is lay hands on them, probably anoint them, and give them spiritual gifts. That's what we're going to do in Honduras. But in addition to that, we gotta we gotta give them an offering. Um, sounds funny, but that's the way it is in most of the parts of the world, because they think the Americans are the Christians. They think the Americans are the rich boys on the planet, and they want them to come, but they expect them to give them. And the truth is, that's the truth. We are the rich boys and girls on the planet, and we are supposed to be bringing the gospel as well as a blessing. Anyway, first of all, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. Now, what does that mean, established? Established in your ministry. See, the truth is, in the game of life, in the game, the gospel game, I'll say it that way, there is no bench. No one gets to sit on the bench. No one gets to just sit and do nothing. We are not supposed to be just going to church and being filled and warmed by the sermon and hugging a few people and going home. And yeah, that was, that was a good experience. We're supposed to be building the kingdom of God and we are supposed to be moving toward the next level. Now, whatever that level might be, if we are not part of the fivefold, we should be praying and seeking, trying to get into the fivefold. Apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, okay? Supposed to be in that fivefold. If you're not in the fivefold, you should be trying to get there. That's what he says, that you may be established, established as in the service of God. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed coming to you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. What's he saying? That I might have some fruit among you. Okay, so he, he wants to get on the ships and travel around the world so he can go to, go to other places and he can get served peaches and oranges and maybe some pineapple, some fruit. No. He wants to see that they have grown in the knowledge of the word, grown in their faith, built the church that their ministry is established. Had this one guy in Topeka. He was all time coming in dressed 
like he just got off of a Harley Davidson. I don't have a problem with how he's dressed. But he was leadership in the church. And finally, I went to him and I said, you want to tell me how come you're always dressed this way? He said, well, because I'm trying to minister to people, you know, in the motorcycles world. And I said, well, how's it going? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I don't see anybody sitting on your row, your row in church that looks like they ride a motorcycle. Matter of fact, I don't see anybody that you ever bring to church. And see, that's a real weakness for us Americans because most people in America have, they think, they've already heard the gospel, don't need to hear the gospel, don't need to hear about Jesus, know all about Jesus. I've already decided I'm not receiving him. So don't bother inviting me to church. Now, when I was a child, it was normal if you saw people that weren't going to church to invite them to church. And in most cases, they would actually go. There were times when my parents would go over and have them drive, you know, follow us to church. There were times when we had guests come to church. And when pretty much every Sunday, pretty much every Sunday, and I told you the size of our church was in around 100. And pretty much every Sunday, we were having somebody baptized, one, two, or three baptized every Sunday. Well, right now in our church, we have baptisms about once a year. We just had them about two weeks ago. And I think there was four baptized. Not one of those four was from outside the church. They were all children of church members. Why? Because Americans won't, it's hard to get them to come to church. But of course, God knows exactly how to change that. And he's about to change that. He's about to hit America real hard. Okay, so let's go on. I'm debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. We ought to be ready to preach the gospel to anybody around us. Uh, if this is stepping on your toes, this is the word of God, okay? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, okay? So are we ashamed of the gospel of Christ? I've got to wear here lately when I'm on tech support. And I'm every, every time we talk to somebody on the phone, I don't know what it is, but they always say, do you have any of the questions? <laughs> so I'll say, yes. Do you have Jesus in your heart? And the last three I asked that question said, yes. And if they say no, then it gives me an opportunity to share the gospel with them. We should be inviting people to church. We should be sharing the gospel with people. We should. But it's hard to get anybody in America to listen. Anyway, let's go on. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of, uh, of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, or to the Gentile, which is us. For therein is also the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, what does that mean? That means that we might not be able to see God, but he expects us to believe in him. He says, those that believe in God, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We should be seeking God. And I know you guys are, and that's why you're... Why, and here's the thing. 
The ones that are in the Bible study tonight are not the ones that need to be in the Bible study. The ones that need to be in the Bible. Oh, oh, here, let me tell you a story. So yesterday, the little uh, battery backup for Leslie's computer stopped working. I was hoping it was a couple little 12-volt batteries inside that just died and I could go and replace those batteries. So I pulled into Batteries Plus. And as, as I walked in with these two batteries in my hand, about the third word of the first sentence of the guy was the F-bomb. I was shocked. To, you know, I ignored it, but I was shocked to hear that someone at a retail establishment would be so confident to use the F-bomb in the very first sentence. I mean, it wasn't welcome to Batteries Plus. <laughs> it, was, it was a curse word. I mean, a bad one. And uh, then the second sentence was another F-bomb. And so I just ignored it, went on. And I said, okay, what I want, you know, that I, I need to see if these are any good. Can you check them? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're both bad. Okay, well, you got any of these? Yes, we'll bring them up. How much are they going to cost? And all this sort of stuff. And I said, uh, we, we have an account here. In other words, I like to be nonprofit, like not to have to pay the state any more taxes than needs be. And uh, so I said, we have, a, we have an account here. What's the account? It's Spirit of Prophecy Church. And you could just... <laughs> You could feel his, like, oh, man, did I stick my foot in my mouth. But I didn't say anything. So what was it again? It's Spirit of Prophecy Church. He looked it up, gave him a card and paid it. So as I'm walking out, he says, God bless you. <laughs> it should not be that the sinner makes us uncomfortable. It should be that we are standing on the rock. If anybody's uncomfortable, it's the sinner is uncomfortable, not us. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, a whole lot was said right there. So what is the wrath of God? The pre-tribbers want to tell you, oh, it's the seven years of the tribulation. That's not correct. Others want to say it's the last three and a half years of the tribulation. That's not correct. The final and ultimate wrath of God is called the morning star. Jesus is the bright morning star. And when he returns, the heavens roll back like a scroll. He is riding on a white horse. Behind him are two angels with two sharp sickles. Behind him are you and I just coming from the marriage supper of the Lamb and along with the, the, the armies in heaven. And then with the breath of his nostrils, he blows his breath down, which is the morning star. He goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundations of the mountains on fire. We've talked about this. So I won't go through the whole thing. But that is the wrath of God. And as it hits the tares, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. As it hits the earth, it cleanses the earth of all sin. And from that moment on, the earth never, ever has darkness any place on it ever, ever, ever again. The sun has been out for 72 hours, and it's not relighting because Jesus literally is the light of the world. Now, let me read that again. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. That's right, when he rides that white horse down. 
against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. He destroys all of the sinners, the tares. I believe he also destroys all of those people that are serving Lucifer that do not have the mark of the beast. And probably ones that serve uh, Lucifer at that time probably do have the mark of the beast. So they don't get sold death or tossed into the lake burning with fire and brimstone where the beast, the false prophet, are a thousand years later. Lucifer gets tossed in there with them. And they are tormented with fire and brimstone for all eternity, day and night, the Bible says. And there is no hope of escape. Total pain and torment. Now, <clears throat> that's the reason it says, Wrath of God revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness, and all ungodliness, unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What is that? How can you hold the truth in unrighteousness? Here we go. Someone that calls himself a Christian. They look like a Christian, walk like a Christian, talk like a Christian, but they have a dark heart. They're seeing all over them. They're doing all these secret little sins, smoking dope, running around with the, the girls or with men these days. You know, they're making a difference. Uh, there's all kinds of filthy heart. They hold the truth. They know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, died of the cross, rose three days later. But they don't walk with him. Just be, Matthew, uh, what does I forget the scripture? Not everyone that cries, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those that doeth the will of Father. There are those people that have asked Jesus to come into their heart, but then turned away from him and walked away from him, and they ain't getting in. Verse 19, because that which may known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. No one can call Jesus Lord except the Holy Spirit calls them, reveals it. I remember specifically when I was nine years old, it was like all of a sudden a curtain opened. And I saw at nine years old that I was a sinner and I needed a Savior. I needed to ask Jesus in my heart, and I did. That's what he's saying. Because that which be known of God is manifest in them. God manifests himself in their heart, for God has showed it unto them. He showed them salvation. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, when they stand up for Jesus, I'm going to say, yeah, but, 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 you know, but I mean, you know, I mean, there's another scripture that says that the light of truth has been shown to all men. I don't understand exactly how that all happens. But apparently, every person has had the opportunity to be saved. That makes sense. I don't know how that all works. But Jesus is the righteous judge. Because that when he knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Vain in their imaginations. In other words, they aren't looking for the truth. They aren't looking for Jesus. They're not looking for righteousness. They're not looking for the right way to live. They are. They enjoy the filth of the world. They love the world or the things of the world. And the love of God is not in them. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. 
Well, I don't need Jesus. You know, I don't need to go to church. I don't read the Bible. I don't. I mean, I'm happy. I mean, I got a, a food. I got clothes. I, I have a nice place to. I mean, I'm, I'm rich. Okay, a lot of folks say that. Well, God is about to arrange the situation where they're not going to be saying that. They're going. There's a lot of Americans about to be searching God. Became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. There is a place where the Holy Spirit will stop calling someone, and He gives them a, a reprobate heart, and they can just go on their way from that point on. And it's not that they can't find Jesus; it's just that they can't find Jesus. They can't find him because they're not searching for him. They're not searching for him because he's let them go their own way. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. So at this point, God's just turned his back on them, let them go their own way. Sad, but there's a lot of them. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, they want to live in filth. They like the filth. They like their dope. They like their women. They like their stealing. They like stepping on people. They like hurting people. They like bossing people around. They like hitting people. They like that world. And that's the only world they know. That's the only world they want to know. And so he says, they're like corruptible men. In other words, like birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. They they don't to God, they don't have a soul. Now, yes, they have a soul. But I mean what he's saying is he's turned his back on them. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, he let them go. Okay. I mean, I remember one time the angel told uh, Dimitri that to a certain degree, he's let some of the people in America to go their own way because they they didn't want to live like Jesus, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now, what does that mean? Dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Hmm. Dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Men with men, women with women. I hate to say it, but humans with animals, they're dishonored. They're not, they're not trying to be righteous. I have to be careful in saying this word, so I'm only going to say it once, but this is what I'm talking about. You remember the song by Lionel Richie, where he says, dancing in the moonlight? I don't know for certain, but it sounds like what he's talking about is Moloch worship. What they did in the days when Moses came down off of the mountain, when he had the Ten Commandments, he saw they had made themselves a molten calf. That would be the golden calf. That's what they made it out of, gold. He had them break off their earrings. And the way it works, and God just dumped this in my, my spirit one night. I mean, he, I don't exactly, I wasn't a dream, wasn't vision. I don't know exactly how. I can just say all of a sudden I knew. So here's the way it works. When you want to go to one of those kind of parties, then you have to understand the motto is do as thou wilt. That means that if you go there, you get to do anything to any of the other people at the party you want to do. 
And of course, there's the other side of it. That also means if you go to that party, you have to let anybody else do to you what they want to do. Now, as you can imagine, what we have is one big orgy. Then, of course, about nine months later, there's a problem. Some of the ladies come up pregnant. And so they say, you know, hey, I, I got pregnant. I don't even know who I was with that night or I was with several different men that night. I don't even know. I don't want this baby. I don't even know who the father is. Okay, we're going to sacrifice this baby to, I won't say the word again. And there's where human sacrifice came in. Then, of course, somebody started drinking that blood. And when the, when the baby was being killed, adrenaline, the, you know, the, the, the pain and everything being, being killed like that, um, because apparently they still had to have the baby. They couldn't do abortion then. And so they would stab the baby. And then someone started drinking the blood. And then they noticed that that blood gave them like a super feeling, a superpower. And from there came adrenochrome. So it all started with corruptible things, imaginations of the heart, evil that men and women do to others. That's that's the, the world of Lucifer. That's what he does. That's what... He wants all of his people to do. As a matter of fact, I hear that how they are able, um, no, let me back up, how the Democrats are able to control the other Democrats, because you never get a Democrat saying bad about a Democrat. You never get Democrats that disobey. The way he makes them obey is he will get them caught in compromising situations. Some of the senators having sex with children Things like that. Yeah, those things happen. But they videotape them. Sometimes they know they're videotaped, but most of the time they don't. Then they come to them and they say, um, we need a favor. Now, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, you understand. It's not a choice. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to vote this way? Or are you going to let that person off? Or you're going to arrest this person? Or are you going to file and adopt? You're going to do this. And if you don't, we're going to reveal that tape. Blackmail. That's the world of evil that we fight against. We fight against, we don't fight against flesh and blood, we fight against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and evil in high places. This is what it's talking about. He's saying when we choose Jesus, we have to come out of that. Now, I know you're probably thinking, yeah, well, I mean, I've never been anything that bad before. Wait a minute. Isn't sin sin? Okay. I mean, if you sin one time, you don't get to get in heaven. So, all right, let's go on. Wherefore, God gave them up in cleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. You changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this God, for this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. In other words, he walked away. So, okay, you want to do that? Go do that. But I'm not going to be chasing you down anymore. God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Women with women, men with men, 
women with animals. I assume all of them men with animals. I mean, I remember Henry Groover. He said that when he was walking and praying in Israel one time, he said he came upon a, how do I say this, a, a display, you know, kind of like a museum. And he said and in here they had found mosaics of ancient, this apparently was a bathhouse, okay, to get to the point. He said, and all around this room were, you know, where they take little pieces of stone and they can make a, a mosaic that lasts for centuries. He said, all around the room were these mosaics of how they were having sex with animals. And he said, he saw this, uh, I don't know how to explain it. He said, he saw this uh, stone thing. And he said, it was just right. He said, and what they would do is like put the sheep up on there and then tie a rope around their legs so the sheep could not move or fight. And then the men would come into the bathhouse and have sex with the sheep. It was in the mosaics on the wall. There was no question that's what they were doing. This was the little bathhouse. That's what he's saying here. Filth. Filth beyond our wildest imagination. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even the women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. Men having sex with men. Okay. Uh, what do we call that today? And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, we wouldn't use the word convenient there. We would say to do those things which are just unbelievably evil. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate. We're going to come back and get these words in just a second. Debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God. Okay, in other words, when we do this sort of stuff, it changes us. It puts a different spirit in us. We no longer have the love of Christ. We're no longer seeking righteousness instead now we're living like this we're living this filth without understanding covenant breakers without natural affection implacable unmerciful who knowing the judgment of god that they which commit such things are worthy of death not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them do you know that the number one place in the world for child sex trafficking is America. Do you know that the number one anointing just touched me, just confirmed that. So he's there touched touch me again. So he's confirming what I'm bringing to you is right, right on. And that's exactly what he wants brought tonight. Have you seen the movie? Let's see if I can remember the name of it. Sound of Silence. If you haven't seen that, Go see it. Um, we cried 
much of the way through the movie. It's about how they steal children. And I just heard the other day, there's 85,000 children that have come across the border unattended, the southern border. Well, let me just tell you, a lot of those wound up in adrenochrome laboratories. A lot of those wound up in sex trafficking. A lot of those were sold for slaves. Yes, slavery in America. Okay. You know, they may not have a collar on them, but they're having that child do what they want to do to that child. And the number one place in the world for this is America. As a matter of fact, if you've joined Fast Gap three weeks ago, we were praying against panda eyes. Do you know what panda eyes are? When a man has sex with a child, boy or girl, anal sex, it breaks so many, I don't know all the medical terms, but it breaks so many of the, of the, the capillaries in the rear end. It brings so much pain. And, and, and also the pressure of that extra coming into them that their eyes, the capillaries in their eyes burst in their eyes and all around their eyes. And the next day, it look, they call them panda eyes because their eyes are all black. It's just as if you closed your eyes and rubbed like black charcoal, not just on your eyelids, but all around your eyes. Big, and I've got, I could show you pictures of it. But if, you, if you're part of Fast Gap, I sent this out and I said, here's what we want to pray to stop. That's panda eyes. Hope I don't get in trouble by just saying that. I mean, they might pull this whole program just because I said that. They do not want that information out. Uh, the next thing is, of course, adrenochrome. And, of course, they've, <laughs> they don't just drink the baby's blood anymore now. Now they've got it down. Matter of fact, it's patented. Someone sent me the patent for adrenochrome. They take that blood that has the adrenaline in it and they purify it. It's, they say, the most expensive thing on the planet. I don't know what the price is, but I mean like just one drop. Sometimes they put it under their tongue. Sometimes they drop it in their eyes. And all of a sudden, I mean, their their gray hair starts turning normal again. You know, like, uh, uh, not um, what was the Disney movie with the girl with the long hair? I want to say Rasmussen or Rumpelstiltskin or what was it? Somebody somebody put it on the on the on the the comments there. And also like uh, the Disney movie Monsters Inc., where they were scaring the kids to get the scream. Well, that's a play. Somebody, uh, yeah, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, Rapunzel. It's all talking about adrenochrome. I mean. Of the 13 Illuminati bloodlines, one of the worst is the Disney bloodline. One of the worst. I mean, I'm 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 walking a very dangerous territory just saying these words. These days they are, if you say something they don't like, you're in trouble. They'll take you off. I know they already deleted our channel once. Okay, so we better get back to the Bible before I get in trouble. Lord, don't let them hear this. Don't let them find this. Don't let them take us off in Jesus' name.
All right, so let's back up. All right, so being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication. Now, fornication is sex outside of marriage or sex before marriage. But fornication is also leaving the one true God and going to other gods. Here, let's, let me push. See if I can do this here. Hang on here. See if I can make that show. Is that showing? Okay, yeah, great. It's very small, though. I'll read it. Okay, so... Wickedness. Here's the word for wickedness. The Greek word is porneria, poneria. There's a depravity, iniquity, wickedness, malice, evil purposes, desires, covetousness, greedy desire to have more than ever have enough, maliciousness, um, desire to injure. Wow, depravity, full of envy, wanting what you can't have or wanting something that's not yours. Murder, we know. Debate, we know. Deceit, malignity. Uh, bad character, depravity of heart and life. Whispers, uh, a secret slander. Next, backbiters, defamer, evil speaker, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, we know. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural, okay. implacable. What's that? Without a treaty or covenant of things not mutually agreed upon. In other words, they're just drifters. Unmerciful. Well, we know that. All right, now let's go on. Okay, let's jump to 32. Not knowing the judge of God, they that commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, Thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Okay? In other words, the person that's pointing that direction doesn't realize when they're pointing that direction, they got three fingers pointing back at them, you see. So it's saying if... You're telling someone else that you should not have sex outside marriage or are you having sex outside marriage. If you're telling someone else they should not be smoking marijuana, are you smoking marijuana? But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them, which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Or despisest thou the riches of the goodness. Oh, here, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Okay. Uh, the first one I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to skip, but is there another platform you use to be able to talk about anything unfiltered? Okay. Well, Actually, as of August the 25th, the EU passed a new law. And this is going to allow them to sue the platforms when the platform allows information on that they, the bureaucrats in Europe, don't like. So this is Europe controlling America. In other words, if the platform wants to stay on in the EU, they can't, things like misinformation, misstated things. What they're really saying is, if you're saying things that we don't like you to say, we're going to fine you. 
and the fine can be up to 6% of your gross income, as in a lot, a lot. In other words, it would basically just start shutting down the platform. Well, in my opinion, most of the platforms are going, yay, now we can do it and have a reason to do it. Because now if we don't do it, then they're going to find us. So we've actually had a conversation. Okay, so what do we at the Prophecy Club do when this, it's already been passed into law. Well, what do we do when it starts coming to a neighborhood near us? Probably what we'll have to start doing is more like just say, okay, this is our topic for today, and just have like a little five-minute kind of an overview, and then send people to Prophecy Club, because at Prophecy Club, you know, it's, it's they can't, they can't monitor that. And there's another platform we could also get on where they can't stop us. You may be saying, yeah, well, what about Rumble? Well, my understanding is a lot of those platforms out there, though right now, this may not be correct, but this is what I've been told. Right now, they are allowing other things to be said on there, but they're still owned and controlled by the big boys that can shut them down. Well, they're not owned or controlled, at least Prophecy Club, at least the people that, that air our things on Prophecy Club. So in answer to your question, that might be the only way we could do it. Let's keep going. Okay, so at Romans 2, 4, or deposit thou the riches of the goodness and the forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to unto repentance, but after thy hardness and impenetrant, impenitent heart treasures up, under thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness, righteous judgment of God. Let me back up. Hang on. Let me read the last sentence or two. Thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them, which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment? Okay, do you think you're going to escape all this? Or despisest thou the riches of the goodness, and the forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasured up unto thyself, wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteousness judgment of God. Who will render to every man according to his deeds. So he's saying, if you think you're going to get by with this, you're wrong. What you better do is start repenting. Who will render, render, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be seeking eternal life. But unto them that are content contentious or backbiter or fighter, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile, but glory, honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile where there's no respect of persons with God. So what's he actually saying? He's saying, if you think you're going to get by with doing evil, you think I'm not going to see it, every man is going to be judged according as his works are done, according to work in his, in his body. Revelation says it this way. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. 
another book was opened, which is the book of Lot. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which are in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which are in them. And they were judged, every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death or soul death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In other words, everybody going to have to give an account. Okay, let's go on. Verse 12. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. The way I like to say that is every person is judged based upon the light shown unto them. If they never heard of Jesus, God still put in their heart right from wrong to a degree. And to the degree that they did right and wrong, they're still going to have to give an account for that. In other words, every person is going to have to give an account. Not for the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these not having not the law are a law unto themselves. In other words, if you don't know that God says don't do that, God still has put it in your heart. Don't do that. If you know that the law says that's a good thing to do, and you do it, he's also saying, but he's already put it in your heart, the difference between good and bad, and you're still going to have to give an account for that. Essentially, that, that's why I would word that. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness. Hey, what's he saying? He's saying, you know, you know right from wrong. Everybody knows right from wrong. Everybody should know they shouldn't hit somebody. They shouldn't kill somebody. There's certain things that you, should, you shouldn't have to be taught. That's what he's saying. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts. The work of the law is written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness. And their thoughts the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. So sometimes we point the finger and say, you did it. Other times we turn the head and act like we didn't see. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men, I'll read that again. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy, thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of law. Okay, so. They had the Old Testament. As a result of that, they're responsible. Now, what about us today? Dimitri said he goes into homes and he says he sees Bibles every place in America. He sees dust on them. People don't read the Bibles. So even if we don't read the Bible in America, I'll even say this, in America, even if you don't have a Bible, you're still responsible to know what is in the Bible and to follow it. Because in America, you have to avoid the preaching. I'll agree, a lot of bad preaching out there. A lot of people just trying to get money. But in America, there's been radio, there's been TV, there's internet. I mean, if you want to find the gospel, if you want to find Jesus, 
how's it how's it worded? Um, those that seek me with their whole heart shall find me. If we're really wanting to know the truth, all people, nations, languages, and tongues. That's what he says. He's going to bring them all in. So everybody, all people, nations, languages, and tongues, it's just about everybody, as he's going to have some of them in heaven. Okay. And art, verse 19, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness. He's saying, we're supposed to be showing them. We're supposed to be the light. We're supposed to be showing these people that are blind, people in darkness. As instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth of the law. Thou, therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? I'll read that again. Thou, therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? That thou preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? I remember when I started the first Bible study, actually God started it. It was in 1987. I had, I told this story here recently, so I might get brief. I'd written up an, about two or three pages about Revelation 18, how I was thinking. It had to be America. Walked out the front door, lady across the street, I asked her, she anyway, long story short, I gave her, she said she'd read. I got home. My wife says, we have had several of the people in the, in the neighborhood want to get together and have a Bible study, and they want you to teach them. Me? Well, so anyway, we started a Bible study just like that. And I thought, well, do I know enough about the Bible to do a Bible study? And then I had heard someplace, if you want to know something, teach it. So I thought, well, I want to know the Bible, so probably a good thing. I probably just need to teach it. And to tell you the truth, when the Lord spoke to me, <laughs> when I was on my knees tonight, um, praying about, you know, Lord, what, what do you want us to study tonight? And he said, Romans. I went, oh, not exactly my favorite book. But then I thought, with Stan, you need to go through it again. And it was like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to help you understand even deeper about Romans. And it's got some good stuff here. The kind of stuff that we Americans really need to hear. But that's the problem. We need to hear it. So it doesn't mean we probably don't want to hear it. Okay, so here we go. Twenty-two. That thou sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? That thou abhorst idols, dost thou commit sacrilege or worship an idol? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written, For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Okay, so in those days, they're really big on getting circumcised. But what he's saying is, circumcision or uncircumcision is not going to get to heaven. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, Shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law? Saying you can't say one thing and do another. 
you can't say you're a Christian and you're still drinking and you're still smoking and you're still going out to the bars and you're still carousing around. You still got cuss words coming out of your mouth. Okay. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Chapter 3. What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly, because that thou unto them were committed the oracles of God. But what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mayest be justified in thy, th thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the unrighteousness of God, back up. But if our unrighteousness command the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. Now, when he's saying I speak as a man, he's saying I haven't exactly heard from the Holy Spirit on this, but this is kind of common sense. And, you know, the, some things we shouldn't have to be told. We should just understand it. For God, God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? For if true of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner, and not rather? As we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. So he's saying, no one is righteous. What then? Are we better than they? No. In wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. So, you know, as Christians, we got to look at this. And we, we, we've got to look back into our heart and say, okay, any of this fit? Any of this I need to change? Am I guilty of some of this? Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known? There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So if you haven't been told that's wrong, we, to a certain degree, know that the heart is already telling us that's wrong. Even though the, the law, maybe we haven't read in the law that's wrong, but if we have read in the law, we're more held more accountable to it. 
But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned. And we're talking about the Roman road. These are really big verses right here. Some verses for us to memorize. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You should memorize that one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So his blood can wash our sins away if we receive it. Whom God has sent forth to be a propitiation. I love that word. Matter of fact, here, let me look that up. Let me jump down here. I got to do a couple of things here. We look up what that word means here. Ah, got to go here. Okay, propitiation. Relating to an appeasing or expiating, having placating or expiating force, expiatory, a means of appeasing or expiating a propitiation. Did you get that? <laughs> used of the cover, used of the cover of the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, which is sprinkled with the blood of the expiatory victim on the annual day of atonement. Okay, so let me explain. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. In other words, it's a way to get your sins forgiven. Propitiation. Jesus is our propitiation through faith. To, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded by what law? Of what works? Nay, but by the faith, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So you got to believe, okay? Is he the God? See, he's writing to Romans. He's writing to Gentiles. And these people are used to obeying the law of the land. But the, the Romans didn't have copies of the Bible. They weren't familiar with the Bible. So he's trying to explain to them that, yes, it's good to know the law, but it's more important to follow the law that God has put in your heart, what is right and wrong, at least in these days until they, they can get the Bible and learn and study it like we do. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith and circumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. So what shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? If Abraham were justified by works, he hath wherefore to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his face is counted for righteousness. Even as David... I looked away here, just said, a lot in my place. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of man 
unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin or not assign sin. He's not going to say you sinned on that. Cometh this blessedness, then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith is reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. <clears throat> and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them, who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had been, had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. He's saying, you got to have faith. You got to believe. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. So he's saying you can't really be saved by just the law. You've got to have faith. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be of grace <clears throat> to the end of the promise, might be sure to the seed, to all the seed. Not only, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not, as though they were, that's a real famous word right here, calleth those things which be not, as though they were. Sometimes in our faith, we have to say, we have, we have to believe. We can't just speak negatively and expect God to overcome it. That's what he's saying. Call it those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope. He that might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. <coughs> my, <coughs> my voice is giving out. And be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So Abraham believed, okay, even though his wife is a hundred years old, she can still have a child. God says she can have a child. And therefore is imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification, 
Therefore, being let me let me jump here and see if I've got any comments. Okay, I guess not. I guess we're okay. All right, let's continue. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not on, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Uh, one of the things that I never ask for is God give me patience because if I ask that, I have noticed that what I get is trouble <laughs> because trouble worketh patience. See right here, trouble or tribulation. Tribulation worketh patience. If you ask God for patience, you might not like what you get. <clears throat> Six. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for the righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God committed his love toward us in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we should be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, when shall we, when reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. You know, you read this and... I think Paul was in jail. I know a lot of the New Testament, he was in jail when he wrote this. But still, you look at what he wrote. I mean, this is amazing. What a depth and understanding he had. God just showed him this stuff. Wherefore, as one man sinneth, wherefore by, try it again. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That's a real famous verse. That's real good to memorize. So let me read it again. Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. So that's where I get before we were born, we were sinners. We were born in sin. That's the verse. We were born in sin right there. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more, this is the important part, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, who abounded unto many. In other words, Adam brought sin into the world. One man brought the sin into the world. 
And then by one man, Jesus, sin was removed from the world. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So Adam caused it. Jesus fixed it. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. So what Adam did was removed by Jesus when we have faith in him. For as by one man's disobedience, when we made sin, so by the obedience of one shall... Okay, I read that. Wherefore the law entered, that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, great grace did much more abound. That's another important memory verse right there. So it's saying that as sin hath reigned into death, so because we sinned, we have in our lifetime, then we deserve to die. Even so much, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So Jesus can put on us righteousness by removing all of our sins and making us kings and priests. What should we say then? Wait a minute, let's see. Now, let me stop there. My voice is giving out. Um Okay, we'll stop it. We read five chapters. That's a lot. Five chapters in the Bible, that's that's a lot. Learned a lot, gained a lot. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's amazing what you learn when you read the Bible. See things that, you know... I mean, as a pastor, I, I want to teach the Bible, but even if I got up there and read the Bible for 45 minutes every Sunday, that's not enough. You've got to have a Bible study. We've, we've got to just sit there and, and read the Bible. Um, I, I set aside my Bible, but matter of fact, I got two really nice Bibles for birthday presents, and the people heard what I said. They were leather covered, very, very nice. Uh, one of me had my name on it. I mean, it was a very, very nice Bible. I, I thank them very much for those Bibles. Uh, love those Bibles, and they, they got a leather cover. It smells wonderful. You just, it was just beautiful Bible. Just, it's like, so I was so excited to get those. So excited. Ah, okay. I don't see any questions. I don't see anything I need to answer. Maybe we'll just end it here. Great teaching. Thank you. It's tough. Romans is tough. It's tough. See, what... uh, Oh, here we go. We are currently looking, not for sure yet, we're looking at having 
a Power Jesus Crusade coming up May uh, on about or around May 17th. We haven't got a date set. We've got a place set, and there's a lot of things to to do before it's set in place. But we we are looking at having a, a crusade, and the reason is. I suspect that what we might see, God has not told me this, okay, so if this doesn't happen, don't say Stan missed it. God has not told me, this is me just guessing. But what I, what I can see, and I've suspected this for a long time, is that in one of these cases, these four indictments with Donald Trump, what if one of those indictments finds him guilty and what if they want to put the handcuffs on him and what if they actually put him in jail remember what dimitri was told the fall of america will start with an internal revolution in america started by the communists that would be an occasion to where the military americans might rise up and say we've had it we've had enough we're not putting up with any more of this and we could start seeing a lot of bullets fly. We could start seeing a lot of blood. And hang on to that. That could happen this year. Or, or, or they're, they're actually, that, that could happen early part of next year. Then January 1 of 2024, BRICS goes into effect. <coughs> Brazil <coughs> Brazil and China I don't know if I keep going or not my voice is back gone Brazil and China have openly said that they're trying to go around the dollar Shane Warren was told that when they start selling oil in another currency other than the dollar that's going to crash the dollar well that started August 24th 22 and then India and another country out there has already been buying oil in another currency. So that's we're looking at the, the high probability the first quarter of 2024, our dollar goes down 30%, down 66%, down to zero. And that would cause we want our entitlements, people riding in the streets. Then, Leslie had that dream. January 22 of 2006, she heard Omer ushers in Palestinian state. Now, since 2006, we've been praying, asking God, okay, so what is the Omer? And the only Omer that we have been able to come up with, we do not know for certain, but it's probably the counting of the Omer. And that's the days between first fruits and Pentecost. There's 49 days. Well, next year, those days are April 25th through June 11th. That just happens to be when our dollar is falling. That just happens to be when we'll probably see signs we want our entitlements. And then if they split Israel on or about around that same time, then all of a sudden we could see that New Madrid fault earthquake happen. And all of a sudden, America's in a world of hurt. That could happen next year. 
Matter of fact, it sounds like it is, I'll even say probably, but God has not told me. I do not know. I'm just guessing. But let's just say that's correct. Then someplace in there, I understand that one of his trials is supposed to start in March. So what if the trial is kind of a rig deal and they've kind of just railroad him in and all of a sudden we find Donald Trump is in that jail in Georgia or one of the other three places. Could that start the internal revolution? Very well could. All of a sudden, America could be in, and we can start seeing bullets fly. We can start seeing, like Shane Warren says, I saw it was civil war. Terry, um, Well, what's his last name? Barnett? It's not Barnett. Bennett. Terry Bennett also saw basically war going on. Thousands, maybe even millions of, of Americans killed. Who knows how bad it's going to get. That could take place next year. So if that takes place next year, if the counting of the Omer is the Omer ushers in Palestinian state, and if God does it the way he has done it in the past, as soon as America hits Israel, I mean the very next day, then God hits America. Let me say it again. As soon as America hits Israel, as soon as America goes against Israel, as soon as America votes against Israel, as soon as America says, yeah, you got to tear down those settlements, the very next day, God hits America with the same thing, only like 10 times worse. So, if, I'm not saying it is, if 2024 is the time when the dollar falls, as Shane Warren said, as the time of the New Madrid fault, as Shane Warren said, as the give us our entitlements, as March is the time when all of a sudden they might arrest Donald Trump, internal revolution start, all of a sudden they split Israel, if they split Israel one day, the very next day, probably that New Madrid fault is going to hit. And so all of a sudden, remember August 8th of 2015, Saturday night, Lord, what do you want me to say for the sermon tomorrow morning? And I promise again, I heard words. said, this is a time of miracles. As the judgment hits, so are my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You tell them, I will never leave them nor forsake them. As the judgment hits, so are my miracles. And I'm going to meet the devil inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything he does, I'm going to meet him. Now, that could very well be taking place in the ballpark of March, April, May next year. So we're thinking May 17th on about around in that ballpark would be a very good time to have a, a miracle crusade going, Power of Jesus Crusades. So we start, we have our crusade May 17th. Israel is split. America is split. Judgment starts on or about around March, April, May. That's our thought. We will see. We will see. I don't know. I can't read these comments after I turn it off, so let me take a second and read them. Trump is too big to fail. There will be a revolution around him if they jail him. 
Okay. My voice is gone. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to close it. Let me close with a prayer. Lord, I love these people. I love these people so much, and I know you love them and know them even more than me. So, Lord, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to speak to them and guide them and direct them. Show them the things that they need to do to prepare them spiritually, make certain their wedding clothes are clean and prepared. Make sure that they have all of the physical preparations they need. Make sure that they're all ready. They're ready to serve in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. And it may be that we're calling you. Maybe I'm on here Friday night saying, hey, if you want to help, we're having a meeting. We thought there was going to be 300 people showing up. Now, since the miracles have started, we're having to move it to a sports stadium. You know, so we're going to need some more people helping us. Um, you know, if you, you have to be one that's been following Prophecy Club for a long time. And so those kind of things may... Oh, oh, here's some, one more thing. Dimitri Dudeman had the angel Gabriel come to him and say the fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists in 1984. If you add 40 years to that, that comes to 2024. Now, I'm not saying anything is going to happen in 2024. But there's been several people that say they're hearing from God that say that's exactly what happens. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and be blessed. And I'm going to rest for the rest of the evening. Leslie's off being glammy. She's off up in Ohio um, being glammy to our grandchildren. So I'm here alone. And so I'm going to go rest. God bless you. Thanks for watching.